This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who, our Patreon, where pretty much every Sunday you get this all over again, for real, this all over again, but not this exact episode, just I mean me and Maureen talking at length. Well, less length. It's a half an hour. If you give at the $5 or $10 a month level, uh, and if you give at that $10 a month level, you also get a sticker in the mail every month because you become a member of the Says Who Sticker Club. All of this and more is yours at patreon.com slash says who. No, it's a spooky time. Why not read a spooky book? Hey, Truly Devious, Fox in the Woods. Fox in the Woods is maybe the big spooky. Like, I would say this is a good Fox in the Woods season because that is about some, like, 1970s camp murder. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's spooky. But, like, Nine Light, let's just... Also, I'm killing... I'm, I'm talking... We've had, we've had, we've had, we've had, we've had some doing, technical issues. You're, you're nailing this. This has a technical, technical issues this morning. And, uh, you're nailing my, this. My computer is just... <laughs> little windows are popping up everywhere saying installing this doing this bloop 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 it's doing the you came <laughs> remarkably close just then to saying there were testicle issues there are hey what's up oh, it's no. me that was a, that was a complete own goal there wasn't I it i heard you Jesus call my Christ. name testicle issues that's my <sighs> derby name what do you need you got problems? Oh, my man. No. Are you here to talk about my man? <sighs> no, I What's... wasn't. I made uh, a mistake. I have okay. so many regrets. Do you? Just a remarkable number of them. Oh. Yeah. That's it's not the only remarkable thing I know about. Mm. Mm. Anyway. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do you ever see? Hey, hey. Did you ever see a, a Halloween pumpkin like three weeks after Halloween and it's kind of collapsed? In, it's sort of still yeah. round, but it's it's kind of wrinkly and collapsed in on itself. Mm. You ever see that? I have. You ever see two of them? <sighs> yes. Anyway, if you want to buy books, you can yeah, go yeah, to well, kick- you want to buy books, you can go to kickbazosintheballs.org. Bezosintheballs. Hey, dot org. Our you. own bookshop. Yeah. Where we sell Maureen's books and other things. And other you things. You also are buying things on the internet. You can go to merch.saysuhpodcast.com, our own little merchandise store. And if you really are into buying things, you can also go to shop.dansinker.com, where I sell things too. <sighs> Sinker, you know what I mean? Oh, boy. Ah, sinker, yeah. All right. Yay. That's who the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I'm Dan Sinker. And I am Maureen. You ever try to satisfy your say, say your name in a, in a new way? Maureen Johnson. Maureen. Mm. My one, my grandfather, one of them, because I yeah. had two. Uh, the, the one that wasn't too swift, he used to call me Maureen. 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 
Marine. I believe it. Marine. Marine. Yeah. Yeah, he was... One time my grandmother gave him his ice cream for dessert. Uh-huh. And um, then she... Or no, she she made up his bowl of ice cream and set it on the counter. And then she saw something and left the room. And then he sadly just sat there and watched it melt and said, she didn't give me my ice cream. Hmm. It was about it was about five feet away. Dad. Seems like you could could have solved that himself. That that was that grandfather all over. So, man, listen, man. when I you listen, know what? what he deserves a bowl of melted ice cream. Listen, when I when I, you know, when I tell my stories, Dan, so I'll tell my stories. <laughs> you do. Hello, Maureen Johnson. Hi. We just spent a good 15 minutes with Maureen's internet not working. That was a blast. Yeah, we thought it was the internet at my parents' house that was a problem, but it just turns out it's, I guess, all internet? Mm, I think it's your computer. Nonsense. I, I won't, I'll not hear of it. Okay. I'll well, not hear of it, Daniel. Either way. Guess what's happening next week, Maureen? Hallowsween. Hallowsween. It's true. Not going to lie, Dan, I may have just, right before recording, put my little hand into that little torn corner of the candy bag and extracted a tiny, tiny, tiny Heath bar. Oh, yeah. That's the way to go. I, you keep taking out the worst candy, though. Why are you hitting up the Heath bars? Heath bars are the best candy. I think that we've figured out why your teeth are falling out of your head. I don't normally eat candy. Yeah. Or Heath bars, but they are the tastiest. Okay. Oh my! You don't yeah. like a toffee. You don't like a toffee bar. What's wrong with you? No, I like teeth. They're not and that hard. E- they're hard and sticky. Heath bars are terrible. They're really not. Also, what if you have world? you have one that's the size of a postage stamp, then it's really not that hard. I mean, I would say eat all the Heath bars you want because the children in your neighborhood are going to be very happy that they that's- are devoid of Heath bars. Yeah, I got I got them a lot of good candy. Yeah. You did. I, you showed me your haul on, yeah. I think, one of the town watches. You yeah. You did. You had a very good haul there. I'm not fucking around this year, Dan. This no. is no time to fuck around, as I've told you. And also, I'm deep into Bake Off right now. Okay. Um, I don't know if you watch the Great is British Baking Show. Is there a new Bake show. Off? Yeah, there's a new Bake no. Off. They're all, right. they're, they're all the way to Chocolate Week. They're on week four. Okay. I feel like I always watch uh, the Great British Baking Show months after everyone else was mm. in on it. And I don't know why I'm so delayed on it, but I'm always delayed on it. It's that here's the good news. Yeah. They took all the notes and employed them. So okay. here so if you okay, quick little baking show recap. It's yeah. a great show if you've never seen it. It's literally 10 contestants and they come into the big tent with all that they each get a station. And they have to go through three baking challenges each week, and each week one gets eliminated. Pretty straightforward. But it's yeah. so like happy and wholesome and genuinely interesting to watch them bake. Yeah. But in recent years, they started doing, first of all, just the last season was the nadir. Like they had at one point a racist kind of intro because they had them wearing oh right they were dressed up in mexican clothes it was not great and that then, was a rough one i think i stopped watching after that yeah that intro opened up i was all maybe not they also made one of the challenges that week was tacos right which i will point out as everyone did is not a baking challenge 
This is not a baking challenge. Also, it would mean that you have to sit through an hour of British people pronouncing it tacos, which is taco, one yeah. of the more awful. I like England a lot, but I cannot. I do not fuck with tacos. No, disagree. It's the funniest thing. I make I make Oscar say it all the time. I'm like, say it, say it. <laughs> taco. <laughs> I laugh and laugh. Um, they also used to do these. They always have like a just something they have to make. That like it's their own thing. Then they get a challenge mm-hmm. that's hidden. And the last season, it was it was getting so nuts. They would come in and be like, "We need you to make a big Morgan Herberschnert that like something that no one has ever seen or heard of." It's like it's yeah. like a horn, and it's filled with actual elk tears. And like everyone was like, "What the fuck is this thing?" So they got rid of one of the hosts. They replaced it with a much better person. Yeah. They got rid of all that shit. Yeah. They make them bake normal shit that people want to see them do. Okay. Like they got rid of all that talk. Like they took every note pretty much. Okay. They got rid of all the bullshit and they dialed it back to uh, for initial principles where it's just them. They're like they're, one of the challenges was like bake a chocolate cake. Yep. Out or you know, like bake hot cross buns, bake like something you've heard of. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't last year, they also did a challenge where the, for the big cake they had to make at the end, they had to make it the head of a famous person. Right. That, that, I don't think that was last year. I think that was one of the, was it the year before? I think that was one of the, the COVID episodes. Oh. And the guy did the head of Tom DeLonge. <laughs> Someone did Freddie Mercury. Oh, it was so bad. Well, they got rid of all that. And now it's like literally like make a three-tiered cake or whatever. And yeah. it's good again. It's, oh, well, that's good. They have a, a good host in there. She's real funny. She's great. Yeah. And it's they still they, have the gothy dude. He's still there. All right. But they've dialed, they've dialed him back. Okay. And the new host is really good. And they're making normal shit again. Well, I was very pleased to see that one of the original hosts of Bake Off is one of the panelists on the new season of Taskmaster. Yes. And she is wonderful. She's real good. Yeah, she she's is just, real funny. She's just good in everything she's in. Yeah. Sue Perkins. Sue Perkins. She's great. She's great. Taskmaster, once again, episode one hits and I'm like, they're finally going to be the people that I don't like. And now I like all of them. I know that I, I, it is amazing. Whoever is tasked with casting that show, yeah, they do a good. They job. are remarkably consistent at finding yeah. amazing people. It's good to know that some things just something like I. I feel like you know I'm I we're I we're we're cut we're trying to put balm on our wounds with television here. Yep. Got our flag means death is back. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's back. I didn't know it's back. It is back. My absolute heart of heart shows, Ghosts on BBC, the English version, is back. Fucking love that show. Uh, Oh, got this baking show. We watch Loki. We fuck with some Loki. Uh, Yeah, we just started watching Loki last night. We got Taskmaster. Um, Pretty soon we'll have a new season of QI. Like, we're... Let's cover up our pain with television, Dan. That's what it's for. Sounds like a good plan. I'm writing a book. About television? 
No. Oh. I'm just writing a book. I have four more weeks to go. You've got this. Easy. I don't. Dan. Walk in the park. Like we said on the town watch, I mm. will finish it for you. Mm. Just send me the stuff. I'm still waiting for the files. <laughs> Every time I say it, Maureen looks at me like a like a prisoner that sees a tunnel. <laughs> Not a it's just a little bit of light through the wall. Like maybe <laughs> I maybe I could just kind of Yeah. I know how to write. I can write. That's good. One of us has to. Yeah. No problem. One of us has to know how to do something. I mean, it's good that we? it's you. It's fine. I made my Halloween wreath. I used my you. You were warning me about my glue gun on the yeah. on the on the weekend on the town watch. Um, yeah. Did you burn out, the shit out of your hand? No, that thing never even. It was completely painless. Yeah, they're the they're the the better hot glue guns now are not particularly hot. No. I didn't even know it was hot. Like I kept touching it, going, "It's not heating up," and then all of a sudden, glue started. Blah, 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 yeah, it has a classy, has a classy hot glue gun. Not me. I so, can burn the whole house down. Do you know what I am? What we did this weekend? You had we, dinner at H Mart. We did. Uh, we lit a candle, and then we left our house and forgot to t- put out the candle, mm. and we were gone for like two hours. And we, as we were walking toward the house, I saw a little light through the window and I went, oh my God, we didn't put out the candle. And somehow we didn't burn our whole house down. I will tell you, Dan, that something like that plays a major role in the new book. Really? Yeah. Scented okay. candle. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. That was a, that was a real, the other thing that was weird, it was, you know, it was sort of in a glass tube prayer candle style right Mm -hmm. which usually just put themselves out like they'll just drown themselves in wax but this one somehow burned for two hours Mm. just kept a long ass wick above a whole huge amount of liquid wax anyway kids don't do that if you light a candle don't leave the house with it going dan is it time to get back into the to the, the the candle business I don't think it's time to get back into the candle business. I do. Okay. A kind of 2024, um, like how to ward off 2024. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you can ward off time, Maureen. Disagree. This is the problem. Disagree. Okay. I've been watching Loki. That's true. The, we started watching Loki last night and both of us were like, I don't really remember what happened in Loki. And then we were like, well, they're going to show that like, you know, last season thing at the start. And they did. And it finished. And both Janice and I went, what did I just see? I don't remember any of that. I like. And then the, we decided to just kind of sit back and let it go. And I then love, it was fine. I love the aesthetic of Loki. Oh, I like yeah, that the kind aesthetic of, of Loki is fucking incredible. Yeah, I don't I don't know who made that choice, but I really I, I would I, happily live in that world that they <laughs> built. I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Well, Dan, do you want to live in an imaginary world? Yes. Or, yeah, me too. That's yeah, why I write books. You have to wait for the or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've spent six months building an entire imaginary town, Maureen. So, yes. I, I Listen, I do the same thing. Both of us sit down, make a bunch of bullshit, 
Yep. You, you occasionally have to go to a picnic and explain what it is you do. Yeah. I went to a a birthday party for the parent of a friend of our little ones. Mm-hmm. Right. And like they are nice enough. We we chat at the schoolyard and, you know, occasionally our kids will have play dates and you chat then. I went to their birthday like brunch and I was like, oh, boy. Here come the questions mm. about what I do. But it turned out all people asked about were my children. That's good. And it ruled because I could just answer. I could talk about that all day. No problem. Please, more. Also, it was very exotic that we have an older child because these were all parents of younger children. So it was like we were able to give them glimpses into their future. Like, what's it What's it like when he, you know... Yeah, there was a lot of just like, oh, what is the college process like? And I was like, it's terrible. <laughs> it's the worst. Well, you aren't crying anymore. And I didn't mind because uh, it is terrible and the worst. And right. I'm okay with being the person that will tell them that. Also, your son is super funny and will be very funny about how terrible it is. Oh, yeah. Also, he is uh, he is thriving now. He is thriving in college. Holy cow. Yeah, I can see that. That kid is doing great. He's real smart, Dan. You had a smarty there. He's super smart and he's yeah. doing he's doing well in class. But more than that, I'm just excited because he is like excelling at meeting people and hanging out and making friends. They just went to the beach this weekend. Wow. Like, yeah. And then went to In and Out after like shit. That kid's living. I know. I'd like to go to the beach and in and out. We Dan, what are we doing wrong? Not living somewhere with a beach. That would well. I mean, I have a beach, but it's real cold there right now. Oh, that's not right. living would... a warm place with a beach and I... in and out. Yeah, I guess we do have we have beach here. We're we're clo- I mean, on certain days, a wind comes along and New York smells oceany. Like yeah. you get a big because we're basically this is all basically a right. And then most ocean of the days, channel. The wind comes along and New York smells toilety. That's not true, Dan. It's a beautiful, sweet smell. It's nice here. Yeah. We have garbage bins now. <laughs> Everyone's excited. Everyone's you excited. You sent me the thing about the rat dropping from the ceiling of a restaurant into <laughs> no. the restaurant? No. Nope. Oh, someone else then. What? What? <laughs> there was some nice restaurant in New York that, that over the weekend a rat just dropped from the ceiling. <laughs> Into the middle of the restaurant. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's great. When I, the first job I got in New York, I got a job as a, so I was a, a rest of, I worked at a theme, a haunted house theme restaurant, but I was originally hired at their satellite downtown, which is a, was a little pub called the slaughtered lamb. Right. And then the next day I basically switched uptown, but it was a cool little corner pub in the West Village, and it was supposed to look like this place, the Slaughtered Lamb from the, uh, the movie American Werewolf in London. But all the like the the kegs and everything are in the basement, and they were like, yeah. so you know, obviously when you go down, you want to put something around your ankles, otherwise, you know, the rats are going to crawl up your legs. So you nice. know, nice. That's good. <laughs> That's great. What a and, city. And they were like, yeah, you know, like our manager got bit by a rat. <laughs> what a magical place. They're just rats. They're just yeah. rats. 
They are, in fact, just rats. You see them. Like, it's not, they don't bother you. They, even if they, like, they, at worst, they run over your foot. Like, I've had that happen. Go ask the scores right. of bodies buried is from the plague mm-hmm. about just rats. Okay. Hey, listen. You can't, because you know what? They're dead, uh, and they're but, also from the Middle Ages. But they turn up all the time in London when they're trying to, like, put in a subway line or fix a gas line. Then all of a sudden, there's like, there's, like, a skeletal arm, like, hey, what's going on? Hey, <laughs> hey, guys. And it's just waving, like, hey. Oh, I was wondering if someone was finally going to unbury us. Oh, this is great. Nice to meet you guys. What's going on? That's what happens. That's true. Dan, do you want to talk about the news? I mean, I guess so. But is I'm there... also happy to talk about other stuff. I mean, what can we really say about right now? Because the overriding story is such a goddamn horror show that... Um... Yes. Things are, in fact, remarkably shitty in the world. Yep. But there is one shiny bright light. Give it to me. Give it to me. And that is watching House Republicans (laughs) line up to kick each other in the nuts over and over (laughs) and over and over again. It is good, isn't it? It is good. Maureen, when we recorded last week, as we were recording, Jim Jordan was failing his first floor vote to become Speaker of the House. Just to catch people up in case you you have not been paying attention to this. Jim Jordan was the second nominee for Speaker after Steve Scalise beat Jim Jordan in a behind-the-scenes vote the the week before. That is, of course, they're both running for Speaker because eight far-right Republicans threw out their current Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, that being the guy that needed 15 votes before he was finally Speaker in the House like eight months ago or whatever. So, Steve Scalise gets nominated over Jim Jordan. He never even gets to the floor because he realizes he does not have the 217 votes necessary to become Speaker of the House. So he drops out last uh, Thursday or so, um, two Thursdays ago, I mean. At which point Jim Jordan, who lost to Steve Scalise, is like, great, I'm going to do this. No problem. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to spend the whole weekend threatening the various moderate Republicans who need to vote for me that they better fucking vote for me or we're going to, I don't know, eat their babies or whatever they threaten them with. Apparently that didn't work because they were pissed enough that it was very clear before they held this first floor vote that he was not going to get his 217. They they hold that floor vote while me and you were recording. He doesn't get anywhere close. In fact, I think there's 20 some odd votes that he falls short. They originally were going to bring it to another vote later that day. And then they realized they were nowhere close. So then he was going to spend the night kind of trying to make amends with the various people that he threatened. They bring the vote the next day. It fails even worse than the day before, which is wonderful. So then they sort of panic. (laughs) They decide, oh, you know what we're going to do instead? We're going to, because there is a dude, he's like a bow tie dude. Imagine a a bow tie dude. He's the mayor of Candyland. Yeah. He is the current acting Speaker of the House. But the acting Speaker of the House can't do anything except call votes 
to replace them. The only thing an acting speaker of the House can do is bring things to a quorum in order to vote for a new speaker of the House. So at some point, it was like last Thursday or so, the idea was, well, you know what? Jim Jordan, don't pull out, but also don't run again. Like, you'll stay the nominee. And instead, we will uh, pass some new rules that give this bowtie dude some extra time, like some extra power, so that we can actually pass some legislation here. Because let's keep in mind that there is a war going on, and America usually tends to like to send a bunch of money when there are wars happening, and they can't do that right now because uh, because the House is has no speaker. Uh, and the whole reason that Kevin McCarthy was kicked out was because the House... Uh, he eventually kind of overruled the far-right folks who wanted to shut the government down, and he extended uh, a one-month extension, or it was like a month-and-a-half extension right. on uh, spending. That's coming up in the middle of November. So you need a House speaker by then. So anyway, point being, their idea was, oh, you know what, let's all just agree to give bowtie dude the power of the speaker but he'll still stay sort of interim he's not going to actually be the speaker and uh maybe we'll give him a deadline of like you know jan one and in that time jim jordan maybe you can convince the two dozen people that fucking hate you that maybe they should vote for you right and then we can hold the vote so that seemed like a semi-reasonable idea but the problem was apparently some democrats were like well that seems fine, and we would probably go for that, but maybe we should discuss a power-sharing agreement since you're going to probably need us to actually make this happen. At which point the Republicans were like, we can't do that. We're not doing that idea. You know what? We're going to put Jim Jordan up again anyway. <laughs> so they put him up. Shock. He lost even more votes. At which point he pulled out. No well, longer. Then, then after oh, he... right. Yes, yes. They did take him back in, and then they had a secret ballot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They had a fight. You kept hearing the, the reports of them just screaming at each other. Just, yeah. Just absolutely laying into each other. And then yeah. they had a secret ballot where he was absolutely railed. Like, Yeah. The idea was somehow they thought... Well, we're going to have a secret ballot to be able to prove internally that there's still a lot of support for Jim Jordan. And they thought that that was true. And then he lost like 112 votes against him. Yeah, it was. I don't know what the numbers were. Should we look up those numbers? Because they were fine. It was a big like basically it showed that at least a third of the people that voted for him on the floor hate him. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bad, bad showing. And they were shocked by it, apparently. And enough that he was like, all right, fine, I'm not going to run. So then it was a fucking open season. And everyone was kind of like, well, I guess I'll run. I don't know. Well, maybe I'll run. And so today they got their shit seemingly in order. They started a series of internal votes to try to get to one person. And I believe they started with eight people. And the idea was every time they hold this vote, the lowest vote getter is going to get knocked out. 
So eventually you end up with somebody who at least got the most votes, if not uh, enough to get there. And in fact, they went, I think, five rounds or something like that. And now uh, Tom Emmerer, who is uh, the current majority whip, has gotten the nod. However, and this just happened like as we were logging in, they held the, the final vote. Um, however, apparently, and again, this is all closed doors. So there's, a you know, stuff is just kind of leaking out right now. Uh, he certainly did not get 217 votes, which is what he needs to actually win. Um, the current reports are that on the final vote, more than 20 people voted against him and five people voted present. You only need five votes to sink, you know, to sink him on the floor. So that seems great. They haven't announced when they're going to hold a floor vote. The basic idea is that if anyone can kind of whip some votes, one would think the majority whip could do it. But, uh, but yeah, that's where we're at. Dan, I, on some level, truly believe that this ends up with Pete Davidson becoming Speaker of the House. I mean, I don't know why. That guy just sort of ends up, you know, eh, anywhere. Like like everybody wants to fuck that guy. So like, yeah, true. They're going to be like, and apparently Matt Gatz also just came out as we were sitting down to record. And he came out as, no, he came out to say that whoever, whoever uh, comes up as the candidate will release the January 6th tapes. Okay. To which I ask, what are the January 6th tapes? Right. Like, are they... I thought they were already released. Yeah, well, like, what... 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 What is that? I don't know what that is. Well, and why is Matt Getz in charge of it? What is it, and why is Matt Getz in charge of it? Are two questions I kind of have a lot, I guess. Yeah, that's true. But, anyway, they've said that that's... Well, anyway, he said that that's something that's going to, I don't know. At one point, speaking of Matt Getz, at one point during the kind of desperation Are you going to make me? Yes, I am making you. The desperation attempts to get Jim Jordan over the line. At one point, Matt Getz, I don't know how serious this offer was, but apparently offered, okay, if you all vote for Jim Jordan, the eight of us that kicked McCarthy out, you can pass a resolution to censor us. You could kick us out of the caucus. Like, basically, don't blame him for our wrongdoing. Punish us instead. Which is hilarious and also didn't do anything. Do you ever just find when you when you see his face, just Matt gets his big, big dumb, big dumb. Yeah. He's got a big dumb. Here, Matt gets tweets out breaking. Every candidate for House Speaker agreed to fully promptly release the J6 tapes to public. We will help them. Yeah, but what? Is that the same like tranche of videos that they released only to Tucker Carlson? Probably. <sighs> well, then. They seem to really have this shit together. They definitely have their shit together. So let me ask. you know what? I love to see it. I mean, watching Jim Jordan find out just how many people hate him. That's not. 
that's pretty good for the spirit, honestly. Oh, absolutely. It was like a it was like jumping in a nice like a pool just the right temperature and you're having just the nicest guy. Like, oh, this is this feels yeah. good. Yeah. Um, because Jim Jim Jordan is it's so so hard to know who to hate. Dan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like being the mayor of New York and being in the House of Representatives. You got to be a special kind of weird. Yes, that definitely seems true. Well, do you think we're they're going to get their shit together by the time uh, the the clock runs out? So, you mean like by the time the they need to pass something before the government shuts down? Correct. Probably. Okay. So I read a thing earlier today and I but then it seemed as if maybe this was just a trial balloon but I kind of believe that this could happen uh Dan Crenshaw if you remember back when the House of Representatives had a different set of villains Mm -hmm. Dan Crenshaw really looked like one straight from central casting he has a big black eye patch right and uh I think he was like a Navy SEAL or something like that. He now, I think, is sort of a moderate within the House, which is, is he, wild to Is imagine. he the guy they drummed out with a sex tape? No, that was Mad- That was Cawth- Cawthorn, Madison. Yeah, that was Madison Cawthorn. No, Dan Crenshaw is older. He was like in the Iraq War or Afghanistan okay. or something like that. He, he kind of won as I'm a war hero type dude. And uh, he definitely looks like a like a bond villain right anyway he has become much more of a moderate voice mostly not because his politics have become more moderate but because the politics of the people around him have moved further right anyway earlier today he seemed to be floating a trial balloon that one way to get a speaker would be to change the rules which shock right and republicans are constantly changing election rules now that instead of needing a majority vote they just need a plurality right uh, so that would certainly defang uh, the, you know, 10 people that keep blocking votes from whatever kind of ideological bent, uh, because you don't you wouldn't need to hit the kind of 217. Right. You would only need to hit 213 which would be one more than Democrats if they all voted together. The hilarious thing about it is there's certainly any number of ways that you could imagine them slipping on that banana peel and Hakeem Jeffries ending up the Speaker of the House. But right. um, but I wouldn't be overly surprised if with Emmerer, who seems to be a much... so so. The deal with Emmerer, as far as I can tell, so he, in addition to being the kind of minority whip so he is at least a a part of the kind of uh existing power structure in the house he also was in charge of the like uh re-election committee stuff so he uh raised a lot of money for house seats and you know has a lot of people that want to give him a favor um so it feels like oh well this guy makes a certain amount of sense the big issue it seems is he is also the highest ranking member of the house kind of group of folks to have voted to approve the electoral votes for Joe Biden. So this weekend, when his name was kind of emerging, Trump went on the warpath about how uh, it shouldn't be him. I firmly believe in the way that you believe that somehow this is going to end up with Pete Davidson being the uh, Speaker of the House. 
I wouldn't be entirely surprised if it ended with Donald Trump being the Speaker of the House. Hello. I'm just. You don't really think they do that. Uh, I mean, at some point I did read that one of the people that voted present against Emmerer has long maintained that they should nominate Trump. So it's not like it's a fringe idea. I think it's just, a, uh, you know, maybe we should try to do this with someone else first. But who knows? Who knows, Maureen? Anyway, it has been it has been endlessly entertaining during a dark time to have that fucking clown show just clowning away. But Dan, let's just say they even get their shit together in just enough time. Yeah. For that deadline. Right. But then do you yep. think they will actually pass a budget? Therein lies the real question. And there's no way that that's going to happen. Right. It a lot of this um kind of closed door stuff seems to be various people asking questions of the um of the potential candidates. And it seems that there are always questions being asked around like, will you prosecute Donald or, you know, will you prosecute Joe Biden or whatever? Uh, but there are also questions around kind of, will you keep the government open or that sort of thing? So it, I don't, yeah, I mean, it does feel like unless there is some level of internal agreement ahead of time, we are just in for the same bullshit in another month and like, and okay, I'll take it. That shit'll be hilarious again. But then the government's going to shut down. Well, you know, there's that. <laughs> yeah, there is that. I would guess that if it was someone like Emmerer, he would pull a similar move to um, what McCarthy did and sort of blink at the last second. And then he will get thrown out and we'll be back at this all over again. This rule that Matt gets put in place, is this, is there a time limit on this weird rule or is it just what a new weird rule? What are you talking about? The whole, you know, we can vote you out with like a single vote or something. Or oh, yeah, can... I, I think that that is true until somebody changes it. Right. Like the basic deal is there are a lot of rules of the House that get to be decided by the majority party. Right. And so it seems like that exists until it doesn't exist. Do you think that people, because they they all hate Matt Getz, do you think that yeah. they kind of like slap him in the back of the head when they pass him in the hall Definitely. or anything? Or... Definitely. Oh, sorry, I tripped you. <laughs> that kind of that stuff. dude opens his briefcase and finds a lump of shit in it at least <laughs> once a week. <laughs> Where's my sandwich? <laughs> Some taste weird. Still my sandwich. Guys, not funny. Give my sandwich back. Anyway, Maureen Johnson. Get my sandwich. All of that would be funny enough for one week, honestly. But instead, down in Georgia, Kenneth Cheesebro and Sidney Powell were both supposed to go to trial starting yesterday. Instead, last week, lost the game of chicken that they were playing with Fanny Willis and both decided to accept plea deals. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Yep. Yeah. They both agreed instead of felonies, they pled guilty to various misdemeanors, which seems shitty when you consider that, you know, they were trying to stage a coup and all of that. 
But uh, for pure humor's sake, the other thing they agreed to is that they have to testify against other defendants. That's two. It's two. Well, we'll get to that in a second. But yeah. to me, what's interesting is, you know, the kind of the two tent poles of the Georgia election case are that these morons conspired to fraudulently seat fake electors. And then they also conspired to steal voting machines in order to prove that the voting machines were rigged, right? And the two legal minds behind this shit seem to be Cheesebro, who was one of the major architects of the fake elector thing, and Powell, who was all about the voting machines. Right. So rolling them up and getting them to testify means that there's probably, they've got, you know, they're, the first person to testify was some, like, weirdo bail bondsman named Scott Hall. Like, you're not getting a lot with him, right? What and he like, did he flip or is he uh, he pled guilty and I think he had to testify, but like he was he is a very low, low man on the totem pole. You know, right. there are a so, few of these still, like maybe he'll bring in a couple other weirdos in the mix, right? Right. Um, like if you look at this thing, it's like you've got like the former president of the United States on the top, and then like a seemingly homeless preacher who drives around the country at the very bottom. Right. So like there's a long, long, long path uh, from one to the other. So like uh, maybe the Scott Hall guy helps him with some of the bottom folk. I don't know. But these two are the real deal. Right. Because they cover the two major areas of this. They know the ins and outs of it. They were the major legal kind of reasoning behind it. And they were the people that were convincing the, the folks kind of on the lower end to go along with it and seemingly selling it up the chain as well. So, uh, you know, it's going to probably help considerably. And in fact, if you thought that the buck was just going to stop with Cheesebro and Powell today, Jenna Ellis, yet another one of Trump's lawyers, pled guilty as well. Jenna Ellis kind of worked hand in hand with Rudy to convince lawmakers into committing fraud by agreeing to the fake elector commit thing. Imagine having to work hand in hand with Rudy. <sighs> what a clammy hand that is. Oh, yeah. Oof. Oh, yeah. A clammy, Stick. real clammy and roaming hand, I think. Uh, it's kind of sticky for no reason. Like, oh, yeah. Why are fingers always so sticky? Yeah. Gross. Oh, sorry. Gross. Today, uh, mm. this literally happened this morning in court. Jenna Ellis, crying through tears, said, if I knew then what I knew now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges. Mm. Which feels a little bit like if I knew I was going to get in trouble. Right. Yeah, if I knew it wasn't going to work. <laughs> if I knew there would be consequences for my actions, I might not have undertaken my actions. Right. She continued, I relied on others. She she tried to paint herself as sort of low, low in this mix. I relied on others, including lawyers with many more years of experience than I, to provide me with true and reliable information. What I did not do, but should have done, Your Honor, was to make sure that the facts the other lawyers alleged to be true were in fact true. In the frenetic pace of attempting to raise, ch raise challenges to the election in several states, including Georgia, I failed to do my due diligence. <laughs> Can I tell you my theory, Maureen? I wish you would. 
my theory is that all of this is rolling up to painting a narrative where Trump was being manipulated by a drunken, disorderly Rudy Giuliani. I think we will all hear the audible thump as the bus goes over him. Yeah. I think that this is, I think that the, I think that the, the, the game has been rigged against Rudy for a while. I think that New York Times story about his drinking, that feels like a part of that whole thing too, right? Yeah. That story could have been written any time in the last probably decade, certainly any time since 2016, right? Uh, And gets written now? Well, it only gets written because there are people that are willing to throw him, right? I think Rudy's going down, down. I think he is absolutely going to be painted as the puppet master of all this. And that's not to say he is by any means an innocent. He was, in fact, heavily driving all of this. But I think this is the way they get Donald Trump off. Yeah, and I, if that's going to happen, and it, it's, it makes sense, I feel like you can just sort of see him coming out of the haze just enough right now, maybe squinting and just going, is that a bus? Like, maybe yeah. he kind of knows right now that it's a coming. Uh, I think that instead he's squinting going, is that a bus? And then he's leaning down and taking his wallet out and looking for his bus pass. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think he knows there's a bus coming. I think he thinks he's getting on it and not that he's about to be run over by it. What's the first to elaborate it even more? He takes his wallet out and in the meantime, his pants fall down. Oh, well, yeah. 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 Underwear, too. Just the whole thing. Or is he wearing those? I think it reveals that he's got quite a stain on his underwear. Mm. I just admit to big, big boxers, like big, long boxers with hearts on them. Yeah, like old, like the boxers before, uh, before Calvin Klein introduced the boxer brief into the world, right. like the big old floppy boxers that dads in the S- 80s wore. So long, those boxers. Yeah. How'd they get anything done with all that bunching at the knees? <laughs> it, it explains why those eras wore so many pleated pants. Yeah. There was a lot of it. It was like you were wearing bloomers. Just so it was like that time in high school when the evil nun that I had in senior year of religion leaned, looked at me pointedly over the heads of people in religion class and said, how do those Protestants get anything done with all that sin hanging over their heads? And I was like, I guess that's, that's, that's coming at me. But like, you know, just how do you get, how do we get things done, Dan? How do you get things done with your shorts around your, your, your knees with the, when you yeah. got all these problems, you know, like you've done all these things. Like, how do you get things done under these circumstances, Dan? Yeah. I think the answer with Rudy is unfortunately for his body, a lot of drinking. Oh yeah. Clearly. Dan. As Rudy himself will attest. That's his A1 example of how he's not an alcoholic. Right. He gets so much done. Right. 24 hours a day. Yep. 24-hour party machine. Anyway, I am fully committed to the idea that this Georgia thing is a bus heading full speed toward Rudy Giuliani. Do you think Trump gets hit at all? No. I think that he... I think his... I think his defense will entirely be predicated on the idea that this manipulative mastermind, Rudy Giuliani, sold him on a false bill of sales, 
uh, you know, and it's, you know, it's not, and, and, you know, kind of pressured him into making some calls and that it, you know, but ultimately it was all Rudy. Right. Do you think any of, oh, Dan, just big, big picture now, right now, as you stand here in late October, 2023, does Donald Trump go to jail at any point inside of a cell at all? In a cell? No, never. But in a holding situation. Does, does he potentially end up with a ankle monitor or ankle monitor like situation and Fact. have to live in Mar-a-Lago? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Found guilty, whatever. I think that I would gut of the four cases against him. The one that seems most likely that he will be found guilty is the um, documents case. Right. Simply because it's very easy and that like it's a straightforward case, you know, it is. And he is the only, you know, main person in the mix. It's not like he can say, oh, my Diet Coke valet was manipulating me when right. the Diet Coke valet is basically like, yeah, Donald Trump would say, go move this box because the FBI is coming and then I'd move the box. Um, so I think that that one is the most straightforward cut and dry case. I think that the January 6th-ish election denying one at the federal level, uh, which they have made a simple-ish case like they haven't laid they, they there is one defendant in that case and it is Donald Trump right, right. like um my gut is that one's going to prove hard to get felonies on right mm -hmm. to get a to, to you're going to jail on um though it also feels like their lawyers are doing a good job of fucking up all the you know, all the kind of lead up stuff. I don't think the New York one is going to land anything. I think maybe it should, it'll be the misdemeanors that it probably should have been to begin with. I think that that one has always felt a little bit trumped up. And Georgia, I think, is just such a complicated case that it's going to, you know, similar to how some mob things go where the person on top gets out because, the right. you know, everyone rolls up to the next guy down. Right. I think that's how it's going to work with uh, Georgia. What about the fact that he has been uh, censured by the judge in New York and has been said, like, if you keep doing this shit, you will be, I'm going to put you in jail for a night. Yeah. I think that, I think that that will never come to him being in jail. I think he will, I think he will ride the line a bunch. He may end up paying a fine or two. He's already had to pay one fine because there was a, apparently a truth social post on the website that didn't get taken down for 17 days, take everything down. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't think he will end up in jail for breaking a gag order. Right. I just don't buy it. I think putting any former president in an actual jail cell is going to be very, very hard. Or even a couple hours. Like you just have to sit in this stinky room for a couple hours. <laughs> Hey, put him in the stink room. I think that that would freak him, you know, because I. Oh, he you, would definitely be freaked out. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, oh, I mean, oh. He wouldn't like it. He wouldn't handle it well. So, Dan, we steam forward towards 2024. Yeah, party time. And that's why we have to make a candle to keep it away. 
I just don't think that that candle magic will work. I don't know. We don't know until we try. Time is it is unrelenting and it's progress. Again, disagree. Okay. (sighs) Well, does anyone want to write this book for me? By the way, speaking of time, I do. I'll do it. (laughs) It always looks. It's great. I totally will. I'm completely genuine in this offer. I'll write your book. I think that would be great. It's a, every time you say it, I get this little flutter in my stomach. That's because I could do it. I could completely do it. Stop saying it. Would, it's, it's making me itch. Like, it's like squirming. It's making me itch when you say it. It could happen. Dan, stop it. It's actually making me itch. I know. Maureen is like, like you're like doubling over and itching your body like you're suddenly covered in hives. It's too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, Sezu is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash Sezu. Our Patreon, where pretty much every Sunday you get this all over again in a half an hour. Can setting. I tell you something, Dan? You sure can. I would love it. I just want to give you a little story to end this on. Oh, please. My mother, mm-hmm. I was I was buying groceries for my parents during COVID because they didn't know how to order. I was ordering them and having them sent yeah. to their house. And my mother was paying me back whenever I saw her or sending me cash like what? in the like, mail like when i saw her she'd be like here's oh, okay. like but like whatever money i owe you like if I, you know whatever so i ended up having six thousand dollars in an envelope wow all in hundreds wow. and i had i had it hidden in the house like safety money like it was in a and i was like i'm gonna take this the other on sunday i said taking this to the bank and i'm putting it in the bank yeah so I go to the machine, Dan, mm-hmm. and I say deposit, and I put in the $6,000. Yeah. Takes the money, spin, 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 window opens again, returns $3,000. And I'm okay. Then it closes again, spin, 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 and then Dan, Yeah. it blanks out and goes back to the front page. Hell Yes. That machine stole $3,000. Wow. And I was like, and the thing was, I was watching it happen. I was like, this is, this is happening. This is, this is happening. And it's your fault for believing that the machine could handle this. This, yeah. is, this is about to happen. And there it is. There. Then you went back the next day and that machine wasn't even there. The whole building uh, wasn't it there. It wasn't even a city bank, Dan. I was just, <laughs> I was like, sir, this is an art. I was like, here's this. I was just shoving it in mailboxes and uh, so I called them. I was like, machine just two, three done done. And they were like, Oh, that is a shame. Um, they're like, Well, do you have the receipt? I was like, No receipt, just shut down. <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> And then I I had a, I did a blank transaction to get the machine number and I gave them the number. They're like, Well, that is a shame. Well, we'll look into it and we'll get back to you in ten days or so. And I was like, When the machine is just three thousand dollars. And they're like, Yeah. So I went in yesterday and I had to sit there because I wanted to talk to somebody and I'm with my dog and I'm like waiting 45 minutes to talk to somebody. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. And then I went up there and I was like, and they were like, oh, and I was like, it's a middle one right there. And they said, oh, that's the one we just put the new software in. 
Yeah. We'll look into it and we'll we'll get back to you with it. But it's in there. So when we reconcile the machine, you know, we'll find it. I was like, I even know not make a hundred dollar bills from the money of a grocery. And they uh so um that machine just flat out stole three thousand dollars. Wow. And I watched it happen. Nice job. And I just kind of stood there like I, and I thought, I'm like, this is my fault. This is my fault. I mean, fault. it's sitting in the machine still. Yeah. They promised me that it will be reconciled and that I will be, you know, there. there's a case on it. There's a manager on it. Everyone knows the machine stole the money. But I just kind of watched it happen, Dan, and I was like, seems about right. Yeah, sounds like now. Sounds like a, I did. It's like it, it was it was inevitable, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, she told three thousand dollars, and we're all putting money into the machine, Dan, and we're watching it go. Oh, and she'll go bloop blank. Perfect. I. It was. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted you to know. I wanted someone to know because I didn't know what to do with the information. I appreciate that. I called Oscar and I was like, "She told three hundred dollars," and he was like, "Yeah." It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Perfect. Yeah. Well. Says Who is, in fact, made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo was designed by Darth. You can contact us at says who podcast on Twitter. You can email it. Hey, that's H-E-Y. It says who podcast.com. We're also at says who at omfg.town on Mastodon. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash says whovians. Our sp- Facebook group. I almost said Spacebook. Our Spacebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. If you want to join the fan run discord server, there's always one at tinyurl.com slash says who discord, and you can spread the word subscribe. Please leave stars and reviews on Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen. And you can join us next Wednesday, November 1st, the very first day of November, otherwise known as the best month, otherwise known as my birthday month. Breathe, 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 breathe. We're going to be recording. On my birthday. Just breathing, Dan. I'm breathing. It's okay. November 1st. Next Wednesday. Mm. The 1st of November. Stop saying it! (laughs) I'm doing that on purpose now. (laughs) I was waiting to see how long. I will write your book. I'm being completely serious here. (sighs) I'll do it. She's sliding down on her seat. November 1st for our very next episode. From my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. I'm just here in New York City. I'm Marine Johnson. And this has been Says Who. Uh, It'll be good. I can't see anything. She's so three thousand dollars.